Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another V Brown Bag. Tonight, we're kicking off uh, a new series on vSphere 7. Uh, we're going to start off strong with Nigel Hickey, the man himself, the vCenter nerd. And he's going to tell us what's new with vCenter Server 7. Before I pass him the ball, though, a few housekeeping notes. Um, this is uh, an interactive podcast. If you're watching live, we want you to join in on the conversation. You can tweet to us using the hashtag VBrownBag, or you can use the Q&A here in Zoom, not the chat, please remember Q&A, uh, and we'll be monitoring that and passing your questions to Nigel all the while. Uh, reminder that we have other shows. Check out these times listed. If you want to check any of them out, go to our website, vbrownbag.com slash brownbags to uh, sign up for any of these other podcast times. I'm your host, Ken Nablon, and now I'm going to turn it over to Nigel Hickey. Ready, Nigel? Let's do it. All right. All right. We'll get this share screen going here. All righty. Looks good there, Ken. I see a lovely rocket ship. All right, cool. We'll go widescreen here and see how that looks. All righty. So good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Thank you for joining V Brown Bag. I'm thankful to be back in V Brown Bag. We we're just talking before we started there. Uh, haven't been on Brown Bag since probably the end of 2018, so it's been a while. I'm uh, Nigel Hickey, technical marketing architect uh, for vCenter Server. Um, my personal blog is nigelhickey.com, and up here you'll see the vSphere blog, which is more important than mine, of course blogs.vmware.com slash vSphere. That's where you're going to find a lot of information on vSphere 7, uh, feature sets, if that's lifecycle, if that's upgraded, vCenter, security, uh, Kubernetes, all of that uh, stuff is out there for you all to consume. So we'll kick off uh, with uh, just a little bit of news. Obviously, this is old news, but I just like to repeat myself sometimes here. So end of general support did stop uh, for vSphere 6 on March 12th. And technical guidance is available now through March 12th of 2020. Uh, be sure that you check out the resources here on the screen. Um, obviously, I um, won't be able to click those uh, for you, but the visit uh, the vSphere Upgrade Center, that's off of our uh, VMware.com uh, uh, page. That's easy to find. Um, also, there's upgrade services available through support services and, uh, <clears throat> and partners as well. So be sure to uh, take... Uh, take the lead and uh, move forward to uh, into 6.7 or 7 uh, off of vSphere 6 so we can get some support uh, for the extended future for y'all. And Nigel, any links to resources you want me to put in the show notes, just share with me after the fact and I'll do that. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I'll, I'll share uh, this, uh, this slide with you as well if you need those uh, links as well. So thanks. All right, so we'll get into uh, some new stuff for vCenter Server 7. And starting off first is uh, vCenter Server Profiles. So vCenter Server Profiles is a brand new feature for vSphere 7. The profile system for vCenter Server Profiles basically allows the capability to export the configuration of your vCenter server from one node and import it into another. So think of this as uh, not as a host profile, but a little bit different than that. Um, we're basically exporting uh, all the configuration that's very similar to what we see in the VAMI on port 5480. So that's management, network authentication, any user configurations, even backups. So if you have a backup configuration for your VCSA on one vCenter server and you want to have that same configuration passed to another vCenter server, this could be useful as well. 
Um, basically, when that uh, export is done, you get a JSON file. You make the changes to your JSON file. Um, what is needed, maybe it's just a golden copy of a vCenter server that you have configured properly that you want to pass along to other departments. And then uh, you pass it along through uh, API. Uh, so right now, vCenter server uh, profiles is only API driven. There's not a user interface. And if you're familiar with VMware, usually we start with a CLI or we start with an API and then we bring that into the user interface. So hoping to see that in the future of vSphere 7. Um, the way that kind of works here is it's four REST APIs. We have list, export, validate, and import. List gives you a listing of the pieces of the vCenter server that can be uh, adjusted or configuration changed. So it's management, network, authentication. Um, that export command obviously exports the JSON for changes and modifications. And the validation basically goes ahead and validates that JSON file to make sure there's no mistakes. Um, I'm a fan of definitely using that validation. I've made a mistake in the JSON uh, here or there myself. Um, and then the final one is importing it and importing that into the vCenter server. Uh, these are REST APIs that can be consumed with PowerCLI or any other uh, automation tools such as Ansible, Puppet, Chef. Um, it's even accessible through the VMware DCLI, uh, if you've used that data center CLI uh, that uh, we've talked about a lot, um, especially on the automation side. Um, you can call those uh, APIs uh, quite quickly just with a one-liner, uh, very handy. Um, we'll go into a little more detail on vCenter profiles here, uh, just kind of showing the export and how that works here, where we can just change the appliance configuration or network for whatever our needs are and then propagate that to our vCenter servers. And right now, uh, that propagation is set to a maximum of 100 vCenter servers. Um, I don't see that changing anytime soon, but right now we're looking at uh, between one and 100 at the maximum for pushing that configuration. Again, you can selectively pick and import and export certain configurations. So if you only care for VC1 to have changes to network and appliance, you can just get that part of the configuration. But if you want the user privileges like we see in VC4, you can ask for all of those uh, to be pulled in. And those changes can be made for each section of that configuration set. Again, just the validation kind of workflow. Um, validating comes back with a valid or invalid response. Uh, letting you know that there's a config error and how to resolve that. What you'll start to see more in vSphere is a lot more APIs, and those APIs are going to be stored in the API Explorer. So that's accessible from the vSphere client under Developer Center, and there's API Explorer. We can choose uh, which uh, API we're looking for, if it's for the appliance or for ESXi. In this example here, we're showing the, the infrastructure profiles, which is the name of the API that is for vCenter server profile. So not to be confused that they're two different things, it's just internal name there is infrastructure profile. Upgrade and migration. So we've probably seen this slide plenty of times and I like to kind of bring this up just because it's a common uh, mistake point or prone for mistakes, I would say. A lot of folks are still uh, sometimes missing the point that uh, vCenter server and PSCs would have to be upgraded uh, first versus second. Uh, so I just want to clear, make, make that very clear. Um, I know um, 
it's uh, sometimes confusing based off of version numbers, but it's always going to be step one where we're taking care of that vCenter server and uh, PSCs. Um, something to discuss and we'll kind of get there next is the workflow for the upgrade process in vCenter Server 7 has changed. So it doesn't matter if you have an external platform services controller or an embedded platform services controller, that step one is combined as one workflow. So there's no longer a need to converge to an embedded node uh, to bring that external to an embedded PSC. The, that process and workflow happens as one uh, step during that upgrade. Then we'll move to step two, obviously. Gonna be your hypervisor. You wanna make sure you're getting that hypervisor upgraded to take advantage of the features that vSphere has, such as vMotion and all those that go with ESXi, DRS, and so forth. Step three, uh, VMware tools. So we always wanna make sure we get our VMware tools as up to date as possible, um, taking advantage of the new features that come with those tools. And then compatibility. Uh, or it used to be called virtual hardware or v-hardware. So the compatibility version is something that I always like to say that you should upgrade if you need the feature set that comes with that compatibility version. If you don't need the the config, excuse me, the feature set for that configuration or the, for that compatibility set, such as uh, virtual TPM, if you didn't need that, uh, you don't have to go to that compatibility level. Um, that's gonna be on a per virtual machine basis. So make sure you pay attention to that. Um, I always like to say the thing about it is it's kind of like taking the motherboard out of a server and then replacing it with another one. Sometimes uh, that can cause some issues. So you want to make sure that your OS can support that compatibility level as well as you're doing it for a purpose. You're not just doing it to get a green light that it's completed and done. And then storage. So we want to make sure we update our VMFS. And then our network, we always blame the network, right? So network is first to be noticed and usually last or forgotten about in the vSphere stack here. So that's upgrading your virtual distributed switches to the next version. So if you're coming in from 6.5 or 6.7, you may have to change uh, some of those if you hadn't done that in previous versions. Now, because of <clears throat> the deprecation of the platform services controller that we had talked about in 6.7, we had a lot of these complex SSO topologies like you would see on the screen here, where you might have had one PSC connected to a vCenter server, or you might have multiples with a load balancer in between those. And that complexity was kind of in place to achieve one goal in the very beginning, and that was enhanced link mode. So we were needing enhanced link mode, we would have to deploy an external platform service controller in our older versions of vSphere. So after we got through our vSphere 6.7 into 7, that deprecation happened. And what we're looking at now is a more simplistic model. So when we're upgrading and migrating over to vSphere 7 and vCenter Server 7, we're getting rid of that external platform service controller. And now we have a more simplistic SSO domain look. Um, having the controller embedded and the services embedded in the, in the vCenter server helps us with one less virtual machine to, to deal with and manage, as well as the complexity of load balancers and costs, of course, that can be sometimes uh, advantageous to go without. So vCenter server upgrade, then the installer screen has changed just slightly. Um, we're warning at the top there that the platform services controller has been deprecated. Uh, the messaging, messaging is shown at the top of the screen and you'll notice that there's no longer a choice 
in the steps there to go ahead and deploy either an external or an embedded. You're getting the straight uh, to the embedded. When you click on that link, all it's doing is just propping, uh, popping up the deprecation notice from our knowledge base, knowledge base number 60229, and just explains uh, the deprecation and why, as well as the blog post that goes along with that when that was uh, announced. And the same thing happens when we're doing a migration. So when we're migrating <clears throat> from vCenter server for Windows to the vCenter server appliance, that is also happening in one workflow. So if we're external platform service controller or Windows, all of that is kind of coming together as one workflow now. So this is, this is a great uh, advantage here. So a lot of customers that were using 6.7 had to have two steps uh, where they were either migrating first over to the appliance and then they were taking their external platform service controllers embedding them as well at the same time um, or this as a secondary step. Uh, that whole process, like I said, has uh, converged into one uh, type of workflow that happens automatically. You'll also notice uh, as you go through the vSphere client, the converge tool is, is removed, right? So there's no need for the converge tool afterwards because we're doing that in the upgrade workflow. Also, not included on the vCenter server ISO. You'll notice there just uh, Converge used to be an option there and is no longer there. Um, if we take that away, uh, that's a good thing, right? Because we don't want you trying to do something that is not included in that workflow. So um, out of sight, out of mind, and that is uh, no longer necessary. Hey, Nigel, we have a question. One of the other cool features uh, that hey, is Hey, Nigel, we have a question. Sorry, to, I thought I was unmuted. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, Mathieu was saying second site feature with an SSO was taken away in 6.5 U2 or U3. Is it coming back in 7.x? The site feature? He said second site feature. I'm not sure exactly what. Um, he, he may have meant uh, possibly sites, uh, but sites uh, was uh, taken away and that it will not be coming back. Um, sites was kind of... Um, a piece of technology that was put together to help support uh, platform services controller HA or high availability that never actually came to fruition. So that feature never came out, but that site was kind of tied to that. So it was a blocker, right? So if a, a platform service controller or vCenter server died and we had to point it to another PSC somewhere else and that PSC was another site, we couldn't point through sites. So we broke down the wall of sites and now we can point through sites and things like that. So sites was kind of holding us back. So I don't think that's going to be coming back. Very good. Thank you. So uh, vCenter Server Update Planner. This is a great new feature that has come to uh, vCenter Server 7 as well. So this provides some native tooling within uh, the application to go ahead and find what is out there. So discovering and planning and then upgrading. <clears throat> what this does is it's able to send a notification within uh, the client. Uh, similar to what we would get on our phones that an update is available. We click on that update and we can go through and we can plan by scanning the, the excuse me, <clears throat> scanning the environment to find out what uh, components or third party um, products, even secondary VMware products that are in the mix in your environment and are they interoperable with other uh, 
with other systems and other versions of vSphere that are on your system. So what we used to do, right, is we used to go out to the interoperability matrices and we used to kind of figure that stuff out. Okay, can vCenter server upgrade from this version to that version? What if I have NSX? What if I have Horizon? What if I have SRM in the mix and how do they upgrade uh, together? We've pulled all of that and the interoperability into the vSphere client. Now, something <clears throat> to note here, um, as, as you set this up or as it works, you do have to participate in the Customer Experience Improvement Program, the CEIP, and that's the same as you would do for vSphere Health or vSAN Health or any of the vSAN uh, support insight that's out there. And that channel allows us to be able to pull in the information from the matrice and populate that within the client. And what that kind of looks like is update planner, if an update comes available, and this is just um, a mock-up here, so pay no attention to the specific version numbers or builds, but picking uh, the version number that's available, and you can run an interoperability report to see if it's gonna work within your environment against all the other um, products that are installed. And you can also do some pre-upgrade checks, and this will help uh, figure out if the upgrade's gonna be successful. One of the cool things I really like that they did here is they have a link straight to the release notes. And I know everybody that's listening reads the release notes, right? <laughs> so uh, definitely click on that link. That's going to bring it to the release notes, like we said, but the release notes are pretty important. There's going to be a lot of stuff in there that may tell you can go from this version to that version, or hey, you know, if you're on this version, be sure to you know, double check this before you upgrade. Always read the release notes, even though we're pulling this information in here, we can still do a pre-check. We want to make sure that we're checking that out, right? So we're uh, doing our homework before we get that upgraded. <clears throat> so what a pre-check report could look like is something like this where the report shows what errors or warnings may be in the environment. Um, this one here says, cannot collect all component requirements. Please check server logs. So I can go back and I can check these logs. I can figure out what's going on and I can fix that error message. I can come back in here and I can rerun that report. And when I get a good clean green bill of health, now I know that my systems are all compatible and I'm able to upgrade. I can also export, and by hitting the export button there, I'm able to export as a CSV, and I can share that with team members that may want to know what warnings or errors that we have in the environment that have to be remediated before we upgrade. And then the interoperability list here, this automatically will detect the installed products that is uh, set up in your vSphere environment. And it shows which versions are compatible. So again, this is just a mock showing you different um, products here. And there's also a modify product list. Some products may not be detected based on the way that they authenticate or work with vCenter server, that they may not show up in the list and you can add those to the modified product list. This can also be exported. But one of the great features here is you can see some of the dropdowns where vRealize Automation, you can pick compatible versions if there's a dropdown. So if you're on 7.5 and you're going to 8 and you wanted to see if that was compatible, if that wasn't compatible with the rest of the environment, you could choose the next version and rerun that again to see you know, what balances out. You'll see here vCloud Director and the vSphere ESXi. Um, that's on there was not compatible with what was about to be upgraded too. So those are things you need to look out for as well, but makes it a lot easier than running around on the internet and finding the interop and then putting it in the spreadsheet and figuring out what, were, what works with what. This is a little animation of how that kind of looks here, clicking on the updates available and loading update planner. <clears throat> 
in this environment too, uh, interoperability, there's uh, not much running on there, so there'll be an empty list for this. The pre-checks will show you what pre-checks are coming up with, and then the export, what that looks like. So it's pretty simple. You can <clears throat> click the link right to release notes, jump out to release notes, but clicking the blue button there, or even the blue bar at the very top of the screen for view updates will bring you to this update tab on the vCenter server. So I think this is a, a super valuable tool, and I wish I had this when I was on 5.5 as a customer myself. We'll move on to content library and what's new with content library with uh, vCenter Server 7. So in content library, <clears throat> we have uh, a new feature called uh, check-in and check-out where we can check out templates for edits. Um, we can quickly find versions of the template based off of the versioning uh, tile that you see there on the middle of the screen where it shows app temp 3 and app temp 2. Those are our two application server templates that were uh, installed and then edited. And by checking out these templates, what we're basically doing is we're limiting that workflow that we're used to where we're right-clicking on a template, we're changing it back to a virtual machine, we're making the edits that we need to make, and then we're going and changing it back to a template and storing it back in, in the content library or storing it back somewhere else. The cool thing with this is when the content, excuse me, when the, the virtual machine template, the VMTX, is saved in a content library, this versioning becomes available. So if the template is not stored or backed by a content library, you don't get the versioning tab that you see there at the top, and you don't get the versioning block in the middle showing you to check out the virtual machine. So that's a requirement there that that's stored on the content library. Also within this view, this has <clears throat> nothing to do with content libraries specifically, but this is more of just a new view when you're looking at templates and VMs. There's a customized view that you can change around a little bit there. Um, the ones that are in gray obviously cannot be changed, but you can uncheck and check your ones that are available in blue there. And they can also be shuffled around on the screen by just grabbing the corner with that little ellipse there and you can drag them around. Um, the versioning tab shows the same information that is on the summary tab, just uh, within its own tab there. So the summary tab had uh, this uh, little block here at the bottom, and then the versioning tab uh, shows that same information. Now here's what we're talking about here. This template, uh, Web Server 01, is not stored in a content library. So when I click on that template and then I click on versioning, I don't see anything, but I see this message that versioning information is only available for templates in a published or local content library. So we wanna make sure that uh, we have that. And you do have the option to clone as a template straight into the content library. So I could right click on that template and clone it into the library and then I could use the versioning or take advantage of that versioning. Uh, something to note on here, because this, uh, this question has been asked a few times, um, right on the screen here where we have uh, the app server template uh, number two, that's the original one. The newest one is always going to be at the top. And also, um, you'll notice there's a little ellipse there, the three dots. You can click on that and you can uh, revert to that version of the template 
uh, like rollback, or you can delete that version. Now, when you delete it, it doesn't disappear from the timeline. It just makes it not usable, so you can no longer revert back to it. So it doesn't kill the, tra the audit trail if someone accidentally deletes it or purposeful deletes it, uh, shows the administrator or their privileged user that's logged in that had made those changes. So one other thing that came with a content library that uh, was kind of hidden in uh, vSphere uh, deep in the advanced settings was uh, the configuration settings for content library. So when we're on the content library screen now, next to the create button, we have an advanced button that brings up our advanced configuration. And from here at the top, we can select which vCenter server we're using. So if we're in enhanced link mode with multiple vCenter servers, we'll have multiple choices to choose from the dropdown. If we just have one, we'll only have the one, obviously. Now, these are pretty helpful for changing like autosync and intervals, um, when the autosync should start and stop, um, as well as some of the performance, like the maximum concurrent sync items and how many transfers per host and so forth can happen. Now you'll notice some of those, um, they pop up and they say service start required. So if you make a change to that library autosync refresh interval at 600 seconds, if I change it to 500 seconds and I go to save, it's actually gonna pop up, and I don't think I have it on this slide, but it's gonna pop up and uh, tell you that the services have to be restarted. Do you want me to take you to the VAMI page for the vCenter server, which is the fully qualified domain name of your vCenter server, uh, and then colon 5480, we're all probably familiar with that, but that will launch you straight out there, which is kind of handy. Um, yeah, it's not on this one, but basically if I make a change, it will prompt me. So I won't have to forget to, you know, go into the services. And remember, since we have the services restarted in the VAMI, we don't have to do it from the command line, but you still could uh, do it from command line if you were connected to that node. Again, Content Library has um, a lot of uh, APIs and they're all gonna be in API Explorer as well uh, under the API type of content and you'll see all the Content Library APIs are out there and you'll be able to use those get and post commands right away from the screen, they're pretty handy. Wanted to put out, I didn't, I didn't have the Power CLI um, information on this slide like I thought it did. I apologize for that. Uh, but there is some new Power CLI um, for um, content library as well, starting with uh, Power CLI 11.5. Um, you can create a content library, um, delete one, add items to it. And Ken, I'll share some links. We have some information on that too that's pretty handy. But um, content library privileges, I just wanted to call this out because you want to make sure that you have the correct privileges for the checkout and the check-in of a template since that's kind of new. I want to make sure if you're giving that to a role that you have the right um, uh, required privilege that goes with that so the person can complete that task. <clears throat> we'll jump into uh, some limits and some minor features here. So. In uh, vCenter Server 7, uh, some of the changes um, happen here. Let me pop this off this side. Um, some of the changes that have happened here are mostly um, minimal, right? So we'll see host per vCenter server went up uh, about 500 there. But now we see powered on virtual machines, uh, 40,000 and registered virtual machines per vCenter servers uh, is up as well. Um, the same with uh, hosts, up to 15,000 now. And then some of the latency has changed a little bit there. <clears throat> 
at the at the bottom there, the latency, I just have a little star down there just to let you know that the latency between vCenter server to vCenter server right now, uh, according to our configuration maximum site is 150 milliseconds. Um, that may be changing. Um, that's something that uh, is kind of, um, I believe was uh, changed in seven, but I don't think uh, we completely updated the external facing uh, number. So if you see a different number, just ping me online, I can uh, help track that down. But right now, uh, we're looking at 150 and within the next couple of days that may change actually after it gets corrected. So, all right. vCenter server multi-homing. So I don't know if this was a feature that uh, folks were after. I know some customers and partners really like this feature. Um, myself as a customer, I didn't add extra network cards to my vCenter server. So it was just something I never did unless I was setting up vCenter HA. But now uh, vCenter Server 7 supports multiple network adapters and the maximum supported is four. So just remember, it is a virtual machine. You can add more than four network cards to this virtual machine, but as a support minimum, we're looking at four. Um, and a very important thing to note here is NIC 1, uh, your second NIC that you add after zero, obviously. NIC 1 is always going to be reserved for vCenter Server HA or VCHA. Uh, VCHA expects NIC one, so that's going to be held and reserved. So if we need another NIC, you're probably going to have to add those two, like you see NIC number two, and that would be my secondary NIC that I would use, and I would reserve the red one for VCHA. This screen here just kind of pops up to show how I'm matching to make sure I'm editing settings on my virtual machine. I can see my MAC address, and I know that my second network adapter that I added is my NIC one. And then the same for my third that I added is NIC2. So just to show the correlation between the settings and then what you see in the VAMI interface. Now, not much uh, had changed in 7.4 vCenter server file-based backup and restore, um, but I will talk about uh, image level a little bit for a second here too. Um, real quick, uh, we have a database file check or database health check now within um, the file-based backup. Uh, you'll see that on the screen there, it's called DB Health Check. And what that does is during the installation of your vCenter server at first boot, what happens is a DB Health Check API takes a snapshot of the deployed uh, database and saves it locally. Now, what it does is it holds onto that to do a health check against what it was when it first started. So when an admin initiates or selects that DB health check option, the API performs the following options. So it snapshots vCenter server database, and then it takes the snapshot and compares it with the one that came with deployment during that first boot, and then produces a result. And that result is healthy, degraded, or unhealthy. And then there's a circumstance for that, right? So in the workflow, <clears throat> if the database health check is disabled, obviously the existing file-based backup and restore just continues the way that it should. Now, if this is turned on and enabled, it does cause a cu couple more minutes in a backup. If I was looking at a backup that was maybe 30 or 40 seconds for the VCSA, it probably adds another two or three minutes onto the backup time that I've noticed. Um, I haven't really timed it all the time, but it's about that three minute window, I'd like to say. So back to the health check, when the DB health check is enabled and it runs and it comes back with healthy, degraded or, un, or unhealthy, uh, basically <clears throat> if the health check says, hey, it's unhealthy, that's what I'm gonna return. It's unhealthy compared to what I saw in that snapshot earlier. 
the backup is not going to uh, complete on, on healthy. It's only going to go forward if the status is healthy or degraded. And this kind of just a little pop up here just to show the help determine the status. It warns you that it will take longer. So uh, like I said, just a few minutes extra there. CLI tools. Not much has changed uh, CLI tools, but I did want to call these out. Uh, the vCenter server CLI tools, the CM SSO util for domain repointing and unregistering. Um, this is where you also had saw the repointing uh, between sites in the past. Uh, you'll notice that that's been removed uh, from here. So there's, there's, no, uh, there's no functions besides uh, register, uh, or excuse me, unregister and then domain repoint where we can repoint the vCenter server into an entirely new SSO domain, one that exists or one that um, does not exist that we're trying to set up. And then VCSA deploy. This is something that gets uh, forgotten quite a bit. Um, this is pretty handy for vCenter server CLI uh, for installing, upgrading, and migrating. We can do all of those actions uh, from there. And you'll notice in the middle of the screen, you'll see install, migrate, upgrade. Those are like the subcommands that are available within vCSA deploy, and they all have their own set of um, um, help files as well, as well as, uh, excuse me, um, uh, syntax uh, for running which command. The new things that I've added to this uh, script here are just at the bottom. They have a new exit code and meetings. So now when something happens, we have an exit code of zero, one, two, or three. Um, before we didn't have that. So it gives a little bit more information of what happened during the running of that uh, CLI. So next we'll move on to uh, Skyline Health for vSphere. So this hasn't changed too much since uh, 6.5. Um, this, uh, this is Skyline Health for, uh, for vSphere had been renamed from uh, vSphere Health. So it used to be vSphere Health and vSAN Health, and now they've been rebranded as Skyline Health for vSphere and Skyline Health for vSAN. Um, what's different here in 7 is uh, the online health availability. You'll notice uh, after you're connected to online and you are participated in the Customer Experience Improvement Program or CEIP, you have a new option in here called Advisor. And when Advisor is clicked on, basically it takes you to a screen um, advertising a little bit of Skyline Health. Now this uh, should change. Um, it looks a little markety uh, right now, <clears throat> I will say. When you click on that, it will take you to Skyline Advisor and ask you to log in if you're a Skyline customer on, or not. You can actually sign up from there. And what the reason for it, this is, is to kind of bring <clears throat> Skyline Advisor together with uh, vSphere or Skyline Health for vSphere on-premises. So some of the health checks that you see here are very basic and they're coming from our analytics cloud that pulls in the health checks from CEIP. And there's tons more in Skyline. So the idea is to have a little bit here, but if you are a Skyline customer and looking for the Skyline information, you can get to it this way. Or if you're not a Skyline customer, you can actually quickly become a Skyline customer and then uh, incorporate those together. <clears throat> we have uh, some, a few changes to vSphere client. Um, these are kind of uh, came in six, seven, and in seven. So we have uh, saved searches that uh, are able to 
keep at the top of your menu there so you can keep a list of uh, searches that help administrators find common objects, tags, custom attributes, anything, even alert statuses can be searched in there. But being able to save them uh, is pretty nice there. And then they show up the next time you go in, <clears throat> you can see in the second image, uh, it saved my search called Barcelona, and then it will find all my objects that are tagged Barcelona in that environment. So kind of a neat thing that uh, is not talked about a lot, uh, saving searches. I don't use it too much myself, but now that I know that I have some saved searches, it's uh, quite helpful sometimes. And then Developer Center. So Developer Center is where we first uh, saw our API Explorer, but uh, Developer Center has a really cool option that I'm sure that we're all familiar with besides API Explorer. So API Explorer first um, has a couple of new features or a couple of new, um, excuse me, APIs there, you'll see <clears throat> the ESX one. That's a lot of ESXi uh, APIs that kind of work with Lifecycle Manager and, uh, and so forth um, in vCenter Server 7. But over here, uh, one of the cool features uh, is Code Capture that we're familiar with. So Code Capture added a few more languages in vSphere 7. So we have PowerCLI, of course. We have VRO JavaScript, Python, and Go. And what that looks like here is <clears throat> just an example of capturing some code and then being able to quickly just flip between languages. So I don't have to go and clear and start over and record and say, oh, I meant to do that in Python. I can do it once and I can say, what does it look in Python or what does it look like in Go? Or maybe I'll just stick to PowerCLI. And the same as we've had before, we can uh, copy that, download the script, so forth. Uh, super helpful. Uh, resource for uh, for learning on PowerCLI. I think I've used that plenty of times to figure out stuff without contacting the bearded guy. You know what? This is why I'm glad I hosted Brown Bag. I didn't know that existed until just now. And I just <laughs> set up a vSphere 7 home lab last week. So I'm going to get busy playing with this. Yeah, it's one of those kind of under under uh, appreciated features that I think has been really cool and helpful, right? And I don't know Go, but I guess I could figure out what to do, right? If I had a little bit of code and snippet, so. Yeah, I might start more with PowerCLI and Python personally. Yeah, personally, right. So kind of wrapping up here, I know this was probably a little bit quicker than I expected, but uh, I have some resources to kind of share here. And then any questions we can kind of go through if you have questions or if there's any questions that we didn't hit. Um, or you know, free game from there. Um, this this quick URL here, that's not a mistake. It is vmw.re. It's our shortener, uh, vSphere 7. That's gonna take you out to our vSphere 7 page on our blog with all of the vSphere 7 content. So if that's uh, vSphere with Kubernetes content, if it's Lifecycle Manager, if it's regular security, um, anything to do with uh, vCenter server and so on that's going to be out there if it's related to vSphere 7 and also some of the new stuff that we've announced uh, with BitFusion and so forth. So uh, what that looks like is this here on the screen, but it will be aggregated just for uh, vSphere 7, <clears throat> which is that big uh, green button there that you see on the right-hand side of the screen. That'll take you right there. Mm -hmm. But blogs.vmware.com slash vSphere, that's going to be your guide for all things uh, vSphere, definitely. Um, one other site that's also mm -hmm. overlooked a lot is uh, vSphereCentral.vmware.com. 
Uh, this site is going to hold a lot of information from versions vSphere 6 all the way through 6.7 and a little bit of 7. We're actually going to be moving this site to another platform this year. So you'll see this get kind of a facelift and move over to uh, a better platform that's easier for consumption and getting a hold of walkthroughs and videos and uh, PDFs and so forth. But this site's super valuable if you're looking to do upgrade or you're just trying to find out uh, what's new or how to replace my certificates. I mean, there's walkthroughs on a lot of stuff out there. Really great resources. And also you can export this information into a PDF and you can take that with you to review later or share with uh, partners and customers. And then we have an updated page here, some new Lightboard videos. So me and the guys from the team uh, have done some Lightboard videos on different subjects, if that's vMotion or if that's uh, virtual TPM security, enhanced vMotion, or even SSO domain repointing. We have a lot of videos out there. The URL at the top will take you to our YouTube page, and we have a couple of playlists that kind of go through those Lightboards. Uh, it's been pretty popular. And with that, I am at the end of my conversation, but I'm here if you need any questions answered, if it's something didn't make sense or we need to go back to something, we can definitely do that. Well, I'll pause and give our attendees a moment to ask any questions they may have. And I'm gonna double check our vbrownbag hashtag as well to make sure that I ain't miss anything. So if you have any last minute questions, get them in now, folks. Um, I'll personally say thanks very much, Nigel. I appreciate you making the time and kicking off our VCR7 series. Uh, like I said, once more, very happy to be hosting it myself since I just set up a vSphere 7 lab. You know, learn and play with all the cool new stuff that we've been hearing about today yeah. and the future sessions on the series. And totally, you know, tweet about it for the community, right? I mean, V Brown Bag has helped me when I was a customer and a partner. And even as an employee, it's nice to see you guys still doing great stuff out there. So, I mean, sharing uh, is, was, is what got us here, right? Into this virtualization world and figuring exactly, things out. Yes. So I'd be interested to see what you find out or if you come across something that you're interested in learning more or even a weird, and a weird error message, you know, just give us a holler. It's always nice to kind of see folks doing it and going through the motions. So. Uh, Chin Faz just says, thank you for uh, having something that he can watch on APAC time because he's a, he's over in Malaysia. So you're welcome, Chin Fa. Good to see you. Awesome. Uh, and I will just say, hey, thanks for attending, folks. If you have any questions after the fact, tweet at me, at Ken Nelbone, or Nigel Hickey at vCenter Nerd, and we'll make sure to figure out what we can help you out with. And I'm going Alrighty, to stop well, recording.